Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself wrap up our discussion with Dr. James Mulstrey on an introduction to the Augsburg Confession and its importance to the Lutheran Church. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brian Rickey, and, and Dr. James Mulstrey. Yeah, we're going we're to be so used to doing that that we'll be disappointed the next <laughs> for episode. For good measure, when, we'll just yeah. say and and have and, dead air for five yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. Unless Sally comes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Sally the dog. <laughs> yes, that's the right. official dog yeah. of Being Lutheran. <laughs> yes, he, um, she is. She's a little neurotic, but she's a good dog. Yeah, good. Aren't we all? Yeah, well, I'm a good. I know that I'm not good. I know Jesus. Uh, I know me. I'm a little <laughs> neurotic. Yeah, right. uh, a little. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so we're talking about the Augsburg Confession. Yes. We talked about from a pastoral sense. We talked about a congregational sense. Boy, I, I would love to hear from you, Doctor Mostry, more about from an individual sense. How can you mm-hmm. use this wonderful tool uh, that summarizes what the Bible teaches and and what we confess as Lutherans? Uh, as far as individuals. So like, what's a good application or a good way of using it for that? Well, there, there would be some that say, you know, we should only read the Bible. I remember, yeah. I remember when I was on internship, I was, so, uh, I was so proud of the fact that I read all of these Christian books. And I went back, um, uh, our, our supervising pastors and so on met us at the seminary and talked about uh, what did you read? And I had a whole list of all these books. And then one of my seminary classmates, I won't say his name, said <laughs> he didn't do any of his work. And he said, I just read the Bible. And it sounded very pious. Uh, right. But what that meant yeah. was that he just wasn't doing his work. Mm-hmm. He wasn't reading outside. <laughs> he was neglecting <laughs> exactly what he's doing. And so when we talk about how, how this can apply to us personally, we might say, well, why don't you just read the Bible? Well, here's how, here's how the Augsburg Confession can work. For instance, there's an article on God. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful two-paragraph article on God describing who God is, who, mm-hmm. we, who, we, who the God of the Bible is. What a wonderful opportunity then to read that and then just mm-hmm. meditate on the goodness, holiness of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and instead of, and certainly, we should read the Bible yes. too. Yeah. Uh, certainly, God is <laughs> yeah. God uh, expresses Himself in the Word of God. I, you, know, you know what I mean? It, you have to, I'm that, sorry that you have to actually yeah, say that. You shouldn't yeah, have right, to say yes. that, right? But but I think we do. Mm-hmm. And qualify ourselves. Qualify, yeah. yeah. But to meditate on these various articles, there's an article on original sin mm-hmm. and on sin. Well, what? Read that paragraph, and then this is what I do I, personally. What I do, I read that, and I think, and I think about. My own sin. I think about my own besetting sin, and I also mm-hmm. rejoice that I have forgiveness for that mm-hmm. sin too. Yeah, and I give amen. my own, my, I give myself absolution mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. Uh, for that sin because uh, as I meditate upon it, I don't want to stay there. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to mm-hmm. dwell in my sin and and grovel in that sin, but rather. Mm-hmm. I want to realize that, yeah, but there's also forgiveness. And mm. so you can see how the Augsburg Confession can be mm-hmm. uh, a real devotional tool also. Yeah. It can also lead us to Scripture because I know mm-hmm. that in those yep. different um, sections, there's Scriptures attached to yeah. them yep. that we can look up and say, okay, well, maybe I never understood that verse like that right. before or thought of that when I read that verse before. And, and we can kind of examine Scripture a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, in that light mm-hmm. uh, of how the Augsburg Confession fleshes out what the Bible mm-hmm. Does say. I, I think you made a really interesting analogy in that too. I think it's good to capture just to kind of mm-hmm. get a hold of people's imaginations a little bit. Reading Christian things in general is helpful to our faith. Yeah. And 
you know, you, you, people think, well, the Augsburg Confession, and it sounds dry <laughs> and, and, and something like that. But how many Christians do we know have been impacted by reading mere Christianity? Yes. Yeah, Or right. mm-hmm. I think my favorite passage in any work of fiction comes from C.S. Lewis. Screwtape his, letters? Uh, not Screwtape. No? no, I love Screwtape. Yeah. It comes from The Magician's Nephew. Oh, sure. The prequel to Ooh. Narnia. And his description of Aslan creating Narnia is is about the two pages, the best, you know, any authors ever put on paper. And I read that, and then I immediately stopped, and I went and I read Genesis 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And you have a deeper appreciation for what Scripture says mm-hmm. based on these things. This is the same thing. Like, I believe what you were saying mm-hmm. is that if we read these Christian things, it gives us a deeper appreciation of the truths that Scripture is In proclaiming scripture. to yep. us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think, too, with the way the Augsburg Confession is organized, um, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm studying just kind of whatever I want to in Scripture, I'm going to my hobby horse topics mm-hmm. that I want to keep looking up. But... Uh, I liked how you said it, Dr. Mulster, you, know, you get to dwell on original sin and thinking about my own sin and confessing that. And, and as you walk through all the other topics in the Augsburg Confession, it kind of keeps us off our hobby horses and helps us see the whole scope yeah. and, and sequence of scripture. Sort of a macro versus mm-hmm. a micro. Yeah. Yep. And, and of course, the son of God, we can, you can just meditate mm-hmm. on Jesus and, and the fact of mm-hmm. his uh, deity and the fact that he also gave himself for our, for our sins, you know, and, 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 and while you can do the same thing in scripture, this is just a, a different way to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting to consider, and, and we've mentioned in the past couple episodes, these are when the very first Lutherans, being Luther himself and Melanchthon and their associates, were were asked to present what it is they were confessing. Mm-hmm. And then they did. And that's what, I mean, the Augsburg Confession is the most Lutheran thing ever written for that mm-hmm. purpose. It, it makes for an interesting exercise to stop and think, well, what is it about this article that was so important for them to mm. confess that they put it in the foundation of what they believe. I mean, like original mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. What happens if we don't confess that? Or what happens if we just assume everyone's believing the same thing about Christ? It adds another layer of, well, I've never really thought about that in my faith. I want to, you know, it's, oh, if we lose the humanity of Christ or if we lose the mm-hmm. divinity of Christ, our redemption falls apart instantaneously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you've got these 28 articles in the Augsburg Confession mm-hmm. that they felt the need to put together and that this is the very core of who we are. Yeah. What's interesting too, when you read the Augsburg Confession, it, it's important to also look at the footnotes. Mm-hmm. I, I think mm, I love yeah, the footnotes yeah. because it talks about this is this was the situation of that day, and guess what? They have the same situation yeah. of that day that mm-hmm. we have today. Yeah, you know, there are there Gnostics today. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, all over the all place. over the place. Right? <laughs> We've had yeah. that conversation yeah. many times. Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. It's it's, it's amazing. Uh, for you know how much the early church spent railing against Gnosticism, mm. how much the church of the day has fallen into Gnosticism. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's amazing reading through the documents of the Reformation the, the, in the Book of Concord, how much American Christianity looks like mm-hmm. medieval Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, for church bodies who their sole purpose to exist is to not be Roman Catholic, well, you know, it mm-hmm. sure looks pretty Roman Catholic yeah. when yeah. it comes down to yeah. it. Right. 
Yeah, and I know we were talking about reading the Augsburg Confession devotionally, and I think we've talked about this before, maybe um, just how there's even a reading plan out there for reading through. Yeah. That's the whole book of Concord? It's the whole book of Concord, and, and, and it makes yeah. one really quick caveat. Uh, when Dr. Mostry mentions reading the footnotes, mm-hmm. we've been recommending the reader's edition of the book of Concord, and yeah. if that's what you've picked up, there aren't the footnotes. You mm. miss out on the historical context. <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking for footnotes, they're not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is um, the the version that he's referring to is a version that's edited by uh, Tappert. Theodore, is Theodore it Theodore Tappert? Tappert? Yeah. Theodore Tappert, yeah. Yep. Um, but again, what was the question mm-hmm. you asked besides that now, Brett? Oh, I, I was just starting to talk about how you can find a oh, yeah. a reading plan. And I don't know if maybe that sounds sacrilegious to you to have like a reading plan of that. But um, we're, we're not way, saying yeah. do that instead of reading scripture. It's on top of Don't reading scripture. And it's a good way if you haven't been exposed to the book of Concord and want to, and the daunting task of picking up a 700-page mm-hmm. book and just plowing through it, uh, there, there's daily reading plan at bookofconcord.org, yeah. and it's it's reading basically two pages a day uh, just on weekdays. Mm-hmm. And if you follow that, you'll get through it in a year. You have a good scope. It's in digestible chunks. I mean, it takes, mm-hmm. you know, five, ten minutes to read two pages if you're doing so carefully. Yep. Um, so it's it's not a big ask. But, yeah, there, mm-hmm. there are um, – in fact, I did a search just the other day. Uh, online, and I found four separate Book of Concord reading plans hmm. online written by various pastors. So, yeah, they're out there. There's ways to digest it in smaller chunks than, mm-hmm. you know, it's so kind of... Here, here's this book, read it. Well, yeah, yeah and it's I, I tried probably a hundred times as a teenager to do that with the Bible, read it cover to cover, <laughs> and I would always just get knocked off my horse in Leviticus. Leviticus, <laughs> yeah, right, yes. <laughs> I yes. could never get through it. <laughs> so so what's, this, what's that in the... In the Lutheran Confessions, for, uh, <laughs> what's the small call there? Small yeah, call. Yeah. <laughs> small call gets a little bit dry. Uh, yeah, and I will say, getting the the last seven articles in the Augsburg Confession, articles uh, twenty two yes. through twenty eight. Oh, right. uh, they're yeah. called articles of practice. Yeah, they're a little oh. bit longer and they're much more repetitive. So you will slog through those a little bit. Still got good material. There's nothing like the monastic vows, yeah, though. Yeah, monastic yeah. vows and that's <laughs> worship that... of saints and <laughs> yeah. things like that are right. in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so beyond just encouraging people to read it, are there any other comments you would have for individuals um, in terms of interacting with the Augsburg Confession? Brian? I think <laughs> you were you were just waiting. Well, no, I didn't know if it was directed toward me or anybody. Or, uh, you yeah. know, I, I think, like you said, it's just a great boundary for us. You know, uh, we know that we don't hold it up above scripture. We've, mm-hmm. st- you know, Doctor Mostry said that very, very plainly. But it does summarize what the, what the Bible does teach, and it's a wonderful thing. I think that. Oftentimes, you can use the different sections in there to help you and aid you in in determining things in Scripture. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the doctrine of original sin, you, you did some self-examination. But when we see people in the Bible kind of doing stupid things, it's like, okay, well, this is mm-hmm. original sin here, <laughs> and this mm-hmm. is why we need Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, we see Israel uh, continuing to worship other gods and to participate in things they were told not to participate in. Well, this is, again, original sin, and it points us toward why we need 
a savior. And so the, the history of Israel uh, is just really another way to, to flesh out some of these things that, again, are summarized within the Augsburg Confession. And I think that there's a wonderful, and I, I guess I'm a more of a, a systematic kind of guy anyway, but I think that some of the systematic articles that are in the Augsburg Confession can really help us to understand Scripture to a greater degree. Well, I think it's, and you bring that up systematically, it's, I personally find it important to note that the Augsburg Confession isn't just 28 random theological topics that are important. Uh, Sure, they are important, but there's actually a logical flow to it. It's designed to build on the previous articles so that you understand what's going on. Uh, If you'll allow me, I'm going to bring in one of my hobby horses here, one of my pet peeves. Um, I'll sit next to your... uh, (laughs) This when soapbox. You, when you get on the soapbox. soapbox. Yeah. Curmudgeon Corner. That's what we got to go back to Curmudgeon Corner on this. All these regular... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I think it's important for the American church to understand that the, the, the answer to bad theology in the church, and, and if you want to know what I'm talking about, go on to Apple Podcasts under spirituality, <laughs> and you have a one in 1.1 chance of finding bad theology just from the, the top lists, right? The answer to bad theology in the church is not abandoning theology. The, ab- the, the answer to bad theology is good theology. And, and, and this is where documents like the Book of Concord, like the Small Catechism, like the Augsburg Confession come into play because all doctrine is relevant. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say that over and over and over again. If the doctrine is irrelevant, you're doing doctrine wrong. Because doctrine is the truth from God's word. It is the truth that God's word expresses. And it... God's word points us to Christ. All doctrine points us to Christ. God's word gives us life. That means the doctrine from God's word communicates that life to us. And you know, we, we always have this human tendency to overreact into error when we're combating error. And so we hear someone who's preaching bad doctrine. Well, the answer is just to not hear preaching or to not preach or whatever the case might be. But it's, it's actually stunning if you take the time to read through, you know, just starting with the small catechism and then the large catechism and just starting with the Augsburg Confession and then the Apology, how much of what was said by German white guys 500 years ago <laughs> actually speaks to the exact situation the church is going to going through today. Mm-hmm. And it's because scripture written 2,000 years ago or 3,500 years ago, depending on what book you're reading, also mm-hmm. speaks to those exact situations. It, yeah. it doesn't expire. It doesn't have a shelf life. All doctrine is relevant. So that means doctrine is worth knowing and doctrine is worth confessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's another tool to, just to guard against your own faith. Um, we're preaching through the book of Hebrews in chapter two talks about, you know, let's pay attention much closer to these things lest we drift away from it. And I think it is. It's it's a, a wonderful tool to continue to keep us uh, with healthy doctrine, you know, mm-hmm. as Paul would encourage Timothy and Titus to do. And that, that healthy and that sound doctrine uh, is really kind of what gives us assurance of faith because we understand the justification aspect of Christ's once and for all sacrifice and what it means for good works, mm-hmm. that the gospel is a big part of that, that as we abide in Christ, um, there's this natural aspect of the word of God 
pruning us and and transforming us into fruit-bearing Christians, you know, um, not as a fake display of righteousness or fake righteousness, but out of an act of worship and out of an act of love for what Christ has done for us. And I think all those things can help us understand that to a greater degree. And I think a pastoral moment too. The when, when you're when you're dealing when someone comes to you with a question as a pastor, um, oftentimes they're coming. They just want they just want an answer, and they and but they don't want to search for it themselves. And I think this is also a tool, you know, personally, mm-hmm. to to use. Uh, I, I had, for instance, a, a parishioner who was interested in election, really struggled with predestination. Mm-hmm. So I said. I would love to talk to you about that. But first, you're going to do some homework. (laughs) Read the epitome, Article 11 on election, and then come back and we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it really was helpful for that person to read that first. And I think that's one way that the Oxford Confession very practically could be used also. Mm -hmm. If you want to understand, I don't understand sin. Okay, read the article on original (laughs) sin. (laughs) If you don't understand sin, I mean, you want to take care of my toddler for a day? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I have a three-year-old that can teach you a lot. Maybe I should have said baptism. (laughs) You're right with that. And, And even beyond assigning the homework, I can't mm-hmm. name how many times someone has approached me as a pastor going through some sort of crisis in their faith, and my almost initial response in my head is, oh, it seems that this part of your theology has broken mm-hmm. down, and, and that's why this is happening. And so, now you have an area to emphasize, an area to explore, and it, it's not a clinical thing, and it, mm-hmm. it, it's not a dry thing, but it's, you know, someone, as, as they're a, not understanding sin, Shepherd of their know? soul, you're... You know, you, yeah, yep. exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you, you think about, like, a situation Paul was going through in Romans 7, where I want to do the mm. things that Scripture tells me to do, but yeah. I do the very thing I hate. Uh, I've had that conversation with a number of people in my office. Well, let's talk about the nature of sin. Let's talk about how it's not the absence of sin that confirms your assurance. It's what Christ has done for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, Paul's pastoral application to his own crisis was, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if there was someone that has never read through this, um, maybe a, mm-hmm. a Christian or someone that's kind of maybe kicking the Lutheran tires, so to speak, <laughs> uh, what encouragement would you yeah. give if no, if no one's ever ever read this, and if you could just say one thing to that person that's never read this, uh, what would you say to that person? Read it. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that one coming from a mile. And then if they ask, if there well, were two why? Things, why? You know what? Yeah. Read it, and what I would say to the, it, read it, and then compare it to Scripture. And if you find that this is not faithful, a faithful exposition of God's Word, mm-hmm. show me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I think what you're going to find is this is a, is it's a good summation yeah. of yep. each of these doctrines, and these are scriptural doctrines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Excellent. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts? Yeah. Right. While we still have Dr. Molster here, any other comments you want to add? Maybe not necessarily on the Augsburg Convention. Yeah, who do you think is going to win the next election? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to no, I, I I mean, make uh, an appeal for uh, pastors to apply to the Free yeah, Lutheran right. Seminary? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. You, I wish you could have seen his eyes just light up, man. Yeah, right. Some some believe that uh, there's no need to study. God just needs me out there to preach to congregations without any training at all. And what I would say is to those people, you really don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And and when 
I, w- I would encourage if there is anyone who is interested in seminary <laughs> uh, to check out the Free Lutheran Seminary, um, and and not to take shortcuts. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm I'm, sta- I'm I'm sitting here with three men who did not take shortcuts, right? Mm-hmm. That that have studied and and mm-hmm. and studied hard, and I, and I think about the Apostle Paul. And and the the study he uh, engaged in before he planted churches and so on and so I would just encourage uh, men out there who are interested in 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 proclaiming God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can proclaim God's word on the street corner, mm-hmm. but to get the training that's necessary, yeah. uh, is is going to be really important. Good, great advice. Yes, amen. All right. Well, I'm going to close with uh, Paul's appeal to believers and uh, leaders in the church in Romans chapter 16. Uh, it's a little longer, but I believe it's worth reading through because it pretty much summarizes what a lot of what we talked about um, here in the last three episodes. Paul says this, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve the Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. And your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you uh, to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Mm -hmm. And I say amen to that. Amen. Uh, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week. Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.